at all. I also want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Good to have you. Let's give them a hand, you know. Well, good to tune in. Thank you for tuning in today. And uh, it's been a big week, been a fun week. I know on Wednesday, had a little groundbreaking ceremony for the YMCA. You're going to see some photos here. Everybody's got the hard hats on, you know, watching for random objects that might drop from the sky. You just never know. Uh, but they got the hard hat on. Andy shared a little bit, did a spoken word. Local news were, were there to kind of celebrate this groundbreaking ceremony. It was a great time. I know a number of you were <clears throat> were there at the event. And uh, if you're just kind of getting on board with One Church, I want to encourage you. It's a great time to get plugged in next year. Uh, we'll be having services at the YMCA. It's a great partnership with the city of Westfield. And uh, knowing what this area is all about with sports and youth sports and all that, the YMCA is going to be a great time uh, to partner in with some new people in the community. So um, way to go. Look at that. <clears throat> wow, that's beautiful. That's your new sanctuary. That's your new worship center uh, for a young church. So uh, anyway, giving God glory and praise for the opportunity we have to partner with them uh, at the Y. Well, this morning, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Christmas, kind of this message we're calling the presents. You see the little play on words there, a little, little play on words instead of Christmas presents. We're talking today about the presence of God, the presence of Jesus. Last week, we talked about in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And today, I want to talk about the idea of finding peace in God's presence. So we are two weeks away from Christmas Eve. This is kind of crazy to me. Two weeks, it'll be Christmas Eve. And there's that old like poem that says, "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." I got four kids. That poem is blatantly false. <clears throat> the night before Christmas, it is not quiet in the house. It is not quiet as a mouse, okay? Sounds like a Dr. Seuss rhyme there. Um, <laughs> In fact, the night before Christmas is kind of like the longest night of the year. I mean, this is the night where you are getting woken up. If you are a parent and you have little kids, it's like at 2 o'clock, at 3 o'clock, at 4 o'clock. Is it time to open presents? Is it time to open presents? And, you know, you're wrapping presents before uh, the morning comes. You're, you're busy. You're frantically trying to make sure you got everything in the right stocking, the right place, all that kind of thing. Christmas Eve is not always like a silent night, it's all, not always stress-free, and sometimes it can, can create a long night uh, of trying to struggle with peace and getting everything in order and all that kind of thing. And so I want to start off this morning by sharing with you a poem that's a bit more true to life than "Twas the night before Christmas. It's a little bit more like what reality is all about for most of us that live here in this place we call uh, the state of Indiana in the United States of America, this anxiety-ridden, difficult, challenging place sometimes that we find ourselves in. And this is called Twas the Night After Christmas. It's a touching poem about a guy by the name of Roy, and I feel like I know this congregation well enough that I can share it, but if you take offense at this, uh, Andy will be back next week. You can just talk to him about it. And I'll be enjoying Christmas. So here we go. Are you ready? I'm going to try to read it in character with our good friend Roy, who has had a very tough Christmas, and he is struggling with peace. 
Twas the night after Christmas, and all through the trailer, the beer had gone flat and the pizza was staler. The tube socks hung empty, no candies or toys, and I was camped out on my old lazy boy. The kids, they weren't talking to me or my wife. Worst Christmas, they said, they'd had in their lives. My wife couldn't argue, and neither could I. So I watched TV, and my wife, she just cried. Went out in the yard, the dog started barking. I stood up and looked, and I saw Sheriff Larkin. He said, Roy, I am sworn to uphold the laws, and I got a complaint here from a feller named Claus. I said, Claus? I don't know nobody named Claus, and you ain't taking me in without probable cause. And then the sheriff said, the man was shot at last night. I said, that might have been me, just what's he look like? The sheriff replied, well, he's a jolly old feller with a big old gut belly that shakes when he laughs like a bowl full of jelly. He sports a long beard and a nose like a cherry. I said, Sheriff, that sounds like my wife's sister, Sherry. <laughs> it's no time for jokes, Roy, the sheriff, he said. The man I'm describing is all dressed in red. I'm here for the truth now. It's time to come clean. Tell me what you've done. Tell me what you've seen. Well, I started to lie, and then I thought I should tell. Would have been the first time I spent New Year's in jail. I said, Sheriff, it happened last night about 10, and I thought that my wife had been drinking again. When she walked in from work, she was white as a ghost. I thought maybe she'd seen one of them UFOs, but she said that a bunch of deer had flown over her head and stopped on the roof of our good neighbor, Red. Well, I ran outside to look, and the sight made me shudder. A freezer full of venison standing right on Red's gutter. Well, my hands were a-shaking as I grabbed my gun, and when out of Red's chimney, this feller did run, and slung on his back was this bag overflowing. I thought he'd stolen Red's stuff while old Red was out bowling. I said, drop it, fat boy, hands in the air. But he went about his business like he hadn't a care. So I popped a warning shot right over his head. Well, he dropped that bag, and he jumped in that sled, and as he flew off, I heard him extort, that's assault with intent, Roy. I'll see you in court. There you go. That deserves an applause, I think, or something like that. And that might be a bit extreme. That might be a bit extreme, okay? But sometimes Christmas can feel a little bit more like Grandma got ran over by a reindeer and less silent night, holy night, joy to the world. Can I get a witness? Sometimes Christmas can bring out uh, some wounds because we're reuniting with family and relatives and extended relatives we haven't seen in a while. We're faced to confront the fact that maybe our bank accounts aren't quite as full as we thought they were. The stress of the season starts to work on marriages. It starts to create tension. Sometimes with Christmas, we're reminded of old friends and family we don't talk to anymore. When we get certain Christmas cards, it brings up old wounds that we haven't dealt with in a while. And so Christmas can be kind of tough. How do you find peace then at Christmas? We talked about joy last week. We talked about the fact that 
in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. We said the secret to having joy is this thing called gratitude. That if we can cultivate gratitude at Christmas time and we can experience the grace of God and we can start to say, Lord, thank you for everything you've done for me, Lord. I have gratitude in my heart, then we can start to experience joy. But how do you find peace? And peace and joy are kind of two sides of the same coin. Peace and joy are sort of, they run together, all right? But sometimes peace can be hard to find at Christmas. I don't know how many of you have had a Christmas where you've gotten all the presents opened, everything unwrapped, everything done, and you sat down in the chair on the couch, and you said, man, we went through this whole Christmas season. I don't feel like I stopped one time to just reflect on what this is all about and to find a little peace in my heart and to get centered again around the birth of Christ. How did I get through all of this and I still just feel anxiety and stress and I don't feel a sense of peace? A number of years ago, uh, I got invited to share at an event called uh, Blue Christmas, uh, actually an event for folks that are struggling and wrestling with depression, with loss, with sadness. I don't know if you know this, but uh, around Christmas time, suicide rates start to skyrocket. People start to deal with all kinds of things because it brings back memories. And so this service we were at is called the Blue, uh, Blue Christmas, and I was invited to be the guest speaker for that, that night. It was 2021, and I remember uh, just two years earlier, my daughter Grace had been diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, this would have been the end of 2019 that we found out our five-year-old was struggling. We were now 18 months removed, and I was just sharing my testimony about that season. And if you've ever experienced cancer, if you've had cancer impact, any family members or that, you know what it's like to watch them suffer as they get all of these drugs, you know, vincristine, doxorubicin, and uh, one drug is called the red devil because what it does to that child, and they lose their hair, and it's just an awful season. But I stood up on that blue Christmas night, and I talked about the fact that even though we were struggling, even though it was hard, even though we had trials, like we were amazed. My wife and I were amazed at how God sustained us and gave us peace. God somehow gave us peace during that season. And praise the Lord, uh, she is healthy and well and doing great. But you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, there were moments, there were times when she got carted into the ICU, when they thought her liver was failing, when her, her body went septic at one point. Like there were times when we just were said, Lord, we rest in you, we have faith in you, we have trust in you, Lord, give us peace, and he did. And that's what I want to talk about today. So turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 8 through 14, so Luke 2, 8 through 14. And I want to start with a question. I think a lot of hands will go up when I ask this question, but just, uh, just out of curiosity, how many here have ever witnessed the birth of a baby? Just raise your hand, okay? Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. So we're going to do a little elimination thing. How many here have witnessed the birth of a baby without a doctor? Raise your hand. Keep them up. Keep them up. Oh, that was quick. Okay, we're done. We're done. We live in uh, evidently Westfield, so we all have hospitals. We're fine. Uh, 
Old Roy might not have had a doctor uh, in the Twas the Night Before Christmas rendition. But imagine having a baby without a doctor outside, surrounded by animals in a manger. How many would say that might be just a little bit stressful? That might be a little bit stressful, not sanitized, no doctor, animals, hay, straw, dirt, grime outside, the elements, the weather. Mary's sore, she's tired, she's cold, she's dirty, right? Sometimes we sanitize the Christmas story, but we all know that like that would be a difficult, stressful, maybe anxiety-filled thing, not to mention the fact that you're delivering the Messiah. We got to make sure this works out. The same time, over here, over yonder, there's these shepherds outside in the elements tending their sheep. And in that moment, in the darkness of the night, this thing pierces the night sky, and it's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And I want to read this out of the ESV, English Standard Version, only because it's a little bit closer to the original text. And uh, so here we go. Let me read this for you. And you've heard this. You know this. But I want to draw out a few things. And in the same region, it's Mary and Joseph and this whole thing, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were so excited to see the angel. It was amazing. No, no, no. And they were filled with great fear. The King James says they were terrified. Okay? And the angel said to them, fear not. Behold, that may not sound like a lot, but there's a secret to finding peace in those three words. Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It goes on. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, this is really important what I'm about to say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Now you may have heard the translation on those on whom his favor rests, but this says, Peace among those with whom he is pleased. How do you have the favor of God and the pleasure of God resting on your life? That's a question I want to talk about. The shepherds were terrified. The Bible says they were filled with great fear. I don't know if you've ever been terrified before. don't know if you've ever been filled with great fear. I've been afraid. I've had some times I've been, you know, scared. But how many times have you been terrified? For me, I can count them on one hand. My wife is in the second row. I'm about to tell a story. I'm not sure if I should. Now, that's always a bad sign for a preacher, and I always end up telling a story, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not that bad. But when we were first married, I was terrified. Not at being married. I was terrified one night when I woke up a few months in to our marriage, and it was about 3 in the morning, and I had to use the restroom, and I didn't turn on any lights, and I just found my way into the bathroom, and 
kind of came back out and was trying to find my, my way to the bed. And, and I finally just kind of about three in the morning got into the bed. Now, you have to understand, my wife used to struggle with fear. She used to have this phobia of like, doesn't want, you know, make sure we lock every door, lock every window, make sure no one gets into the house, you know, doesn't want anyone in the house. And so at about three in the morning, I start to kind of, you know, sneak into the bed and get under the covers. And as I begin to pull up the covers, uh, I hear a blood curdling scream from my wife, who's right next to me. And she thinks that I'm a robber, that I'm breaking into the house. And so she proceeds to grab me and scream and start hitting me, uh, to which I don't know what to do. What do you do if your husband and your wife is like, ah! You know, I mean, it wakes you up at 3 in the morning. And so she rolls over, and she's kind of, and then I start to subdue her. But when I'm trying to, like, hold on to her to calm her down, honey, it's me, it's me, she thinks I'm trying to attack her. So she starts, ah! And then finally, after this, like, 30-second just chaotic moment and everything else, she just fell right back to sleep. I don't know if she was dreaming. I don't know if she was like, had like supreme pizza the night before and was not feeling good. I don't know what was going on, but she just fell right back to sleep. And I laid there at three in the morning terrified because if I move a muscle and my wife finds a sharp object next to her, I'm, I'm telling you, she is going to stab me in the juggler vein. Like I can feel it. And I was terrified. My face was flushed. My heart rate was beating 100 miles a minute. I remember thinking to myself, like, what are the psalms I can recite? Uh, fear not. Okay, Lord, what do I need to do? And it's a, it's a scary, terrible, awful feeling to be terrified. These shepherds were terrified, and the angel says something to them. He says to them, fear not. Behold. That's the title of my, my sermon today. Fear not. Behold, you ever been with someone that's just being irrational with fear, anxiety, a child, a friend, someone, and you look them in the face and you do one of these and you're like, yo, fear not. Behold, behold, look at me, look at me, honey, look at me, look at me, look at me right here. Two eyes right here. It's going to be okay. Look at me. And that's what the angel's saying. Fear not, I know you're terrified, scared, anxious, and then to translate to us, fear not, I know you have some issues, you don't have peace, but I want you to behold Jesus. I want you to focus on Jesus, and as you get in his presence and you stare into his eyes, I want you to understand everything's going to be okay. It's all going to be okay if you just behold who Jesus is. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. What's this idea of being well-pleased, of God looking and saying, I'm well-pleased with you? You know, a lot of people say, oh, I just want peace on earth, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Like, God, why can't we just have world peace? Well, peace actually comes um, to a specific group of people, and peace can only come to you if God is well-pleased with you. What pleases God? What pleases God? I love this passage in Colossians 1.19. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ. Look what it says. <clears throat> and through him to reconcile to himself 
all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. God was pleased through Jesus. And then God was pleased when Jesus suffered and died on the cross to make peace with people. Here's another one, Matthew 3.17, when Jesus had grown up and he was getting ready to inaugurate his ministry, a voice from heaven came and said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So what God is saying is I'm pleased in Jesus. I'm pleased with my son. I'm pleased with him. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah 9, 6, we hear a prophecy. We sang all about it in that second song called Names. You know this verse very well. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Jesus is who we're talking about here. The book of Isaiah, hundreds and hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, this person, this son, this child will be called the Prince of peace. Satan is the prince of darkness. Satan is the father of lies. Satan oversees all fear and anxiety, but Jesus is the prince of peace, and Jesus brings God the Father pleasure. God is pleased when he looks at his son. God is pleased when he understands the sacrifice made. God is pleased when we then entrust ourselves to him. If you want to know how to have peace with God and you want to know how to be at one with him and how to enjoy his favor and his pleasure and his blessing this Christmas season, perhaps the clearest verse I know to share is Romans 5.1. It is so clear. Therefore, having been justified by, somebody say this word, what is it? Faith. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ when we're justified by faith, when we put our trust in Jesus, when we say, you are Lord, you are King. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. I confess you as Lord. I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. The Bible gives us a promise. When you do that, and you put your faith into the one that God is so pleased with, Jesus When you say, like the Father, I love you to the Son, when you say, Jesus, I want to trust you, I I believe in you, I have faith in you, the Bible says you then become at one, at peace with God, at peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, I love it, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Faith in Jesus, yes, it is a one-time thing. It is something you declare. It is a surrender you make. I believe, Jesus, it's you, our Lord, and I'm going to follow you with my life, and it makes peace with God. But it is a daily decision to trust in Jesus for every little thing, and he promises peace. The reason I bring this up and the reason I'm so adamant on this idea of faith is there are a lot of people in this world, and maybe you're one of them, that thinks the secret to peace with God is if I can just follow all the rules and regulations, then God will be pleased with me. If I can just obey every little thing he's asked me to do, if I can just try a little bit harder, if I can just eliminate all of my negative thoughts, if I can just have happy vibes, 
if I could just get around the right people, if I could just live a morally upright life, if I just do all these things, then God will be pleased with me. And so we work and we strive and we have effort. Can I tell you, that is the message of Islam. That may be the message of Judaism. That is not the message of Christianity. Christianity is about the grace of God, the free gift of God through Jesus Christ. When God looked at his son and said, I am well pleased in you, and by faith we commit ourselves to believe that Jesus died on our behalf, took our sin, and we rest in him and trust in him, that grace is given. Grace is not something you earn. It's not an effort. It's not striving. It's looking at Jesus. Everything centers on Jesus to say, do I trust that this is the Son of God that died on my behalf, the one in whom the Father is well pleased? And if I put my faith in him and I begin to walk with him, I will have peace with God. Should good works follow? Yes. Should we, should we obey uh, you know, what he asks us to do? Yes. But that's not how we earn peace. I remember a statement someone said to me one time when I was really striving to get God to be pleased with me and all this sort of thing. And he said, John, and you've maybe heard this before, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions was the idea. And there are a lot of people that maybe are trying to find peace by, by doing a bunch of stuff or living a certain way or trying really hard or whatever it may be, eliminating negative thoughts. The bottom line is if you really want to have peace with God, if you really want to have peace in your spirit, it all centers on Jesus. A good marriage is great, but it only brings temporary peace. Having good kids, raising good kids is great, but um, that's only going to bring you temporary peace. You can follow the rules and try to carve out for yourself a really good, nice life here in, you know, upwardly mobile suburbia or whatever it may be. And I'm just telling you, you can have all the money in the world and the nice job and the promotion, and you can start to get the possessions and the things you want. And that's going to bring maybe a little temporary peace. But at the end of the day, you're going to lie in your bed and you're going to say, why don't I feel satisfied? Why don't I feel like I have peace? Why do I feel like I'm still striving? Why don't I ever feel like I'm good enough? How come it seems no matter what I do, I can't find this thing called peace? And I'm here to tell you because peace can only be found in Jesus. And sometimes people going through the most awful circumstances in life often have the most peace in their heart. And you say, why is that? How do you have peace? When you're going through cancer and when you're going through trials, you're going through all of these things in life, how do you have peace? And the only answer we can give is Jesus. I have peace because I know God's favor is upon me because I have put my trust in Jesus, the one in whom he is well pleased. So I titled this message, Fear Not, Behold, and Herein Lies the Secret. Fear not, Behold, fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Fear not. Behold, Jesus is born. Fear not. 
Behold, he is the one in whom God is well pleased. I'll never forget the Christmas after our daughter was diagnosed, 2019. Um, it was rough. We didn't get to go home for the holidays. Christmas got all messed up. Our calendar, daughter was going through treatment and chemo and all that sort of thing. And yet my wife and I, we had this incredible peace. And then in 2020, this little thing called COVID hit. Right when we were going to be able to come out in public and actually hang out with people because our daughter was through this tough phase of her uh, immunizations and things like that. Right when we got ready, around March of 2020, COVID hit. We got quarantined. And then there was this George Floyd incident that happened that rocked our nation and race riots and all kinds of things that happened. And then there was this little thing called the election of 2020 that happened. You remember that, right? How can we forget it? And it was the most polarizing election, probably felt like in the history of at least recent history. And then we came to Christmas 2020. We drove seven hours to see Grandma. We got to Grandma's house, found out our oldest daughter had COVID. We turned right back around, drove seven more hours home. 2020 sounds like an awful holiday, doesn't it? And yet, we had a sense of peace. But for some reason, Christmas Eve 2021, just three years ago, I came home from our <clears throat> church's Christmas Eve service and it was fine. There's a lot of great singing and people and commotion. We had presents and everything else. And we had just celebrated that morning. We're getting ready to go, go home to grandma's for the first time in a little while, a couple of years. And, and I remember saying to my wife, it was like nine o'clock in the evening. I said, honey, I don't know what the deal is. I just feel like, I just feel unsettled in my spirit. I feel like I, I need to, I don't know, like I'm like, I need to go to another Christmas Eve service. I'm not sure what I need to do. And so I did. I went to a second Christmas Eve service. I drove to this church I've never been at before here in Indianapolis. It's a really big church. It's called Second Presbyterian. It's on uh, Meridian. If you've ever seen the building, it's amazing. It's just like this huge, like, facility. It was built way back when this guy named Henry Ward Beecher was kind of one of the most powerful pastors uh, in the nation at the time, he had, he had kind of built this church, and they, they planted it. If you've heard of Harriet Beecher Stowe, like Uncle Tom's Cabin, that was like her brother. Uh, so it's a lot of history here at Second Presbyterian. Um, kind of a liturgical service, but a beautiful building, and I just thought, I'm going to their midnight Christmas Eve service, 11 o'clock, and I just, I want to encounter God. I feel restless. I don't have peace. I walked into this <clears throat> worship center. I mean, it's beautiful. It's like this huge, gothic, amazing architecture. It's about 100 people. I mean, that church is unfortunately a shell of itself, um, what it used to be in its heyday. Like 100 people gathered around for this kind of liturgical Christmas Eve service. And you know what, guys? It was good. Good worship, good songs. The sermon was good. We did the you know, silent night, you know, we raised the candles up and down and, and extinguished our candles, and I kind of shuffled out, and I went to the parking lot, midnight, why can't I find peace? I just felt restless. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're just like, something is off, something is wrong, I don't know what it is, Lord, I just don't have peace. Why don't I have peace? And I turned on the ignition, 
and on the radio I had it had it set to a Christmas station and a song came on um, oh come all you faithful and I don't know what it was guys but that song came on and you know the chorus come and behold him it says come and behold him how does it go after that born the king of angels Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And God spoke to me in that moment. Somehow in 2021, I got through the holiday season without beholding Jesus. I even went through worship services where I sang songs and I went through sort of the motions, and I held the candles up and down. But it was when I was in my car, and I turned on that song, God spoke to me in a mighty way, and he said, at the end of the day, it's not all the trappings of Christmas. It's not all of the, you know, garland. It's not the Christmas tree. It's not the stockings. It's not the presents. It's not all of that stuff. It's not the services. Peace is found in my presence. Oh, come, let us just adore him. Let's adore him. Let's just adore him, Christ the Lord, because this is my son and in whom I am, him I am well pleased. And if you want peace this Christmas, I'm telling you, behold him, Jesus, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Let's adore him. Come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. If you're sitting here today and you don't have peace because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe there's someone here today you say, I've toyed around on the edges. <clears throat> I go to church. I might even crack over and open my Bible from time to time, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've never surrendered my life to him. I've never made peace with him through faith. I've never said to him, Lord, I believe, I trust in you, I have faith in you. The Bible says that if anyone confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart, Jesus Christ is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you'll be saved. Romans 5.1, we're justified by faith and we have peace with God. You need to have peace with God today. And there's some of you today say, I've already placed my trust in Jesus, though, John, and I've already given my heart to him. And I know I have peace with God for eternity. I know I'm going to be with him for eternity. But what about 2023? What about right now? I don't have peace now. What do I need to do? Can I just encourage you? There's nothing magical about it. It's just carve out some space, some time to get into God's presence. Faith was talking earlier today about a time she spent this week in God's presence where God revealed something to her. Listen to worship music. Get open, open up the word of God. Read through the Christmas story. Just say, God, speak to me. I need to behold you in a new way, and God will show up. And I'm telling you, just like he did for me a few years ago, sitting in a parking lot, all right, at midnight, listening to some Christmas carols, God showed up. If we seek him, he will show up and he will flood your heart with peace. I absolutely believe that. So let me just ask you, do me a favor right now.
I just want you to close your eyes right now. Why do we do that? Just eliminate distractions. Just so we can say, okay, Lord, I want to focus on you. And there's some of you that are going to toss and turn your whole life until you finally realize you need to be reconciled to God, that you need to make peace with God. There's some of you right now, you've been running from God. You've been running too long. The Father is standing there at the end of the road, ready to welcome you back with open arms. It's time to come home. It's time to come back to God. It's time for you to put your trust in Him and your faith in Him. Some of you have been bitter at God. You've been bitter for too long. Make peace with God through Jesus. There's others that just need to behold Him right now. And so let me just say this as we close. If you feel like you're someone right now and you say, I need to make peace with God, I don't know how to do it. I just want you in your heart and your spirit right now. Just repeat this simple prayer that goes like this, dear Lord. I've been running from you. I've been away from you for far too long. And I want to make peace with you, Lord. I believe in Jesus. I believe he's your son. And I know you're pleased with him. And Lord... I put my trust in Jesus this Christmas. I have faith in Jesus. I believe he was born. I believe he died. I believe he rose. Again, I surrender to you. The Bible says that if you confess with your heart, I said it earlier, that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if you believe God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved and you will have peace with God. Now, this is the beginning This is just the beginning. Just like a baby is born, if you believe that and you confess that, the Bible says you will be born again. Born again. Born anew. To then be baptized and to start a brand new life with Jesus. This is the very beginning of a brand new reality for you where you are at peace with God. And if you made that your prayer, I'm going to be up here up front. You're going to see something at the end of service to be able to just share that with the rest of um, the body through a text message, and, and we'll send you some materials. But for the rest of you, if you say, John, I need peace this Christmas season, I need you to pray for me, and I'm willing, I will absolutely spend some time this week to carve out, to get in his presence and behold him. Would you just raise your hand so I can see it? Say, hey, I need peace. Please pray for me. Just raise him up. Okay. Okay. All right, you can put them down. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your Christmas presence. Thank you for who you are. I pray we'd have joy and peace this holiday season and that this year Christmas would draw us closer and closer to you. Come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. We love you. It's a beautiful name that we profess, that we sing. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's sing this together.